Hi, I'm Mel. I'm an illustrator, designer, and founder of the Mimi for Creatives community. I created Mimi to support creatives with coaching, resources, masterclasses, workshops, and more. You are now listening to season two of the Mimi podcast, where I have fun and interesting conversations with some of the nicest creative minds around the world. From artists and illustrators to designers and art directors, I hope you enjoy listening to our chats and learn a thing or two. In today's episode, I chat with the wonderful Alice Bada. Alice is the art director for Frankie magazine. Yes, you heard that right. Frankie, every creative person's favorite magazine. Based in Australia, Alice has had a wonderful journey from studying visual communication to now working within Frankie's team. These days, she's doing a lot of different exciting things, from lecturing and illustration to art directing photo shoots and picking collaborators. I loved getting to know Alice and hearing some of the industry secrets, from paper problems to picking illustrators to work with. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Now, here's Alice. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I um it's so early for me in the morning here. I know. <laughs> Obviously I'm super, super excited to chat to you. I just my alarm went off and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time I got up this early. Oh no. <laughs> I did think about it and when you mentioned it and you were like, So it's my Wednesday morning I was like Wait, and I googled it and I was like, oh my god, it is gonna be, but it's really early. And I was like, oh, but it's kind of summer. It's right? nice. It'll... Yeah, it's yeah, light. It's, um... But anyway, okay, let's talk about you now because I'm so excited <laughs> to have you on. I've not had an art director before, and obviously, you're a designer and you're an illustrator. You do a lot of different things, but I want to know, even before we talk about your career, where you grew up exactly and what kind of, you know, kid you were. Oh, I actually texted my mum about this the other day because I had a good idea, but I thought I would, I would, you know, get a second opinion. Um, I grew up in North Queensland in Australia, which is sort of, um, well, I guess that's the state, but I grew up in a little town called Mackay, which is, um, I don't know if you look at Australia on the map, it's to, on the right-hand side towards the top. Um, so it's a really, it's not the smallest town, but it's like a little mining town. Um, it's kind of near the beach uh yeah it's very i don't know it's really hot it's really sticky like very tropical climate um and then it's just me like i don't have any siblings and i can remember always begging my parents for a sibling or a pet or like someone to play with um so i spent a lot of time like coloring or drawing or um like when we would go to dinner and stuff they'd bring all my colours and like sit me in the corner and I would kind of you know be working on my little project and uh yeah when I asked my mum about it the other day she said yeah you always had some sort of craft project on the go like whatever it happened to be and um my grandma's really crafty as well like she's owned lots of craft sh- like small craft shops wherever she's lived growing up so she was always teaching me how to like hand make cards or like knit and crochet and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, there's always been a creative kind of influence um, in my family. School in, in North Queensland is, is um, arts not really a thing. Like you, you, um, you can take, I think you can take art as the subject, but there's no, or, or um, technical drawing for like drafting and then into architecture. But there's, there's, I had no idea what graphic design was or art direction or, um, obviously I knew you could, you could draw, but I didn't know you could be an illustrator. Um, and you know, you're in towards the end of high school and you go to your career's counselor and I'm like, oh, I like drawing and I like playing sport. She was like, mm, what else do you, do you like? <laughs> I sort of thought, um, not really sure. But, um, yeah, so in high school I ended up doing sort of science and sport. And I started off going to uni as a, like doing a sports science degree. And I think I lasted about a month in, in that. And I thought, mm, this really isn't for me. But um, because I was really into sport, I was really into um, rowing in particular. I ended up moving out of Mackay to Brisbane, which is sort of like Queensland's capital, capital city. And once I got there, 
I realized that, oh, you could, could study this thing called graphic design, which is kind of like art, but think like a bit of creative thinking involved. And yeah, that was, I think I also applied to do architecture, but architecture didn't start for a while. So I was like, oh, I guess it's graphic design. It starts earlier. That's pretty cool. So you yeah. studied graphic design then? Because I wasn't sure. But I, I, I think yeah. also visual communication, which is what I did as well. Yeah. Do you feel like you didn't see anything advertised about illustration then? Yeah, there's no, even in Queensland, there was nowhere that I could find at the time anyway that said, hey, you can study to be an illustrator. Mm. Oh, I think it's definitely changed now. But um, yeah, it was just never something. And I think Instagram wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really a thing either. So it was, you couldn't, I couldn't see other people doing it either so apart from you know lovely obviously they're doing it with lovely illustrated books but those people when you're so young so far out of reach that you're like oh I could never do that yeah I feel like so many people who are now illustrators started with graphic design because they didn't see how they could just study illustration or even get there and do that so they're like oh this yeah. is the next best thing you know and then we all kind of fall back into it over time because we just can't help ourselves we're drawing all because I feel like you're the same so I guess you're going to talk to me about your journey and I saw that you did probably a lot of internships and then worked at a lot of different like design agencies because that's usually what you do with graphic design you start working with loads of different people but I want to know because now you're the art director and you're designer as well and illustrator for Frankie Um, you do everything basically Uh, I feel like you do do a lot for it which is amazing but I want to know I do from graduating to now what's been your journey when I didn't study at a uni I studied at we call it a TAFE here still a higher education place but it's more like hands-on they don't grade you necessarily in the same way I don't think and the class so the class sizes were really small and the place that I went to their whole marketing ploy and point of difference was that they kind of really prepared students for going into jobs rather than like going into a master's or or um doing more study and stuff and it was a shorter course it was only two years and I studied that in Brisbane and Brisbane's this really lovely like close-knit creative community so most of the people that work in design studios or agencies around Brisbane are fairly familiar with the people who like study around there so you're it's nice that you're already starting to make you know like a few little connections while you're studying so yeah, I studied there, and just before I finished, I applied for a a um, like a junior graphic design role in an agency in Brizzy, and I was lucky enough to get that. Yeah, that was really I don't know. I remember after working there for a year, the one of the partners sort of said, "Oh, is it is it what you thought it would be?" I was like, "I think so." I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't really sure uh, what exactly to expect, but that was really interesting because there was obviously I was the most junior person there, and I was learning heaps from all these other people around me that just knew, I don't know, it seemed like they knew everything. And I knew, yeah, so it was really cool to be thrown in because I guess when you go from uni or studying to that environment, it's really different because, you know, in uni everyone's learning and everyone sort of like has the same questions and stuff. Whereas there, there's all these people, that you, you have a question, you can just ask them and they like have all these solutions for you. So it was I really loved that. I really loved being able to like get all that knowledge from all the people around me. But yeah, it was it was really quite commercial work, like a lot of FMCG packaging and annual reports, and um, very different from what I do now. Uh, like a bit of website and kind of um, like animation storyboarding kind of stuff. But I wasn't doing any illustrating for that. I was just sort of like preparing files for animation. And then after that, I went and worked in a little branding, like a small branding studio for a little while. Um, and I unfortunately got made redundant from that job after not being in it for very long. And so at this point, I'd only been working for maybe three years and being made redundant was so shocking. I didn't even, I don't think I even knew that was a thing that could happen to you at that point in time. Um, but I'm kind of glad it happened to me so early because it sort of, I wouldn't say it made me fearless, but it made me less scared of what would happen if you got made redundant in a, in a, in a role. Um, 
Do you know what happened? Yeah, so they made a financial error somehow in their, their business. So they had to make myself like their general manager and another administrative okay. staff member. They had to like let them all go. So it wasn't really yeah. personal, I guess. No, like, no, we don't like it wasn't what personal you're doing. We don't like you know. It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It was a, uh, and then you know over the next year they kept sort of saying, "Would you like to come back and work for us?" And I was like, mm. <laughs> "I'm too nervous." <laughs> after that experience, but yeah, even them asking afterwards, I think probably instilled a bit more confidence in myself. Okay, it wasn't the work I was doing that was why this happened. But it was a really good move in the end because that's what spurred me to move to Melbourne, which is where I, where I live now, because I sort of thought, oh, well, I have nothing holding me here now, so I may as well go. And um, when I moved to Melbourne, I worked just, well, actually, just before I moved, I thought, okay, I'll p- apply for jobs in Brisbane and I'll apply for jobs in Melbourne. And I applied for this, I think I applied for one or two jobs in Melbourne, and um, they were one of the places that called me back first. I was so excited. Oh, shit's actually going to happen. And I flew down for an interview, did that process. Um, yeah, and I was offered the job. And I feel like that's where, I don't know, it, it was just like a big turning point, even though it was quite early in my career, because the work that I started doing at the the place in Melbourne, while it was still corporate, the place that I worked was so small. So there was only four people, including uh, our boss so you were just able to see so much more of how a business runs and and you know how to quote on work and um how many hours something really takes and be able to touch a project from start to finish and be able to actually you know have input right from the start in a project and help develop you know what started out as one thing into you know something that solves the problem better or serves its purpose better and I was never able to do that in any of my other jobs because I was you know also I was still learning but in a much bigger company you're really put into a a position and then that's the position that you do whereas a a small company or I guess freelancing you're able to I don't know touch the whole process for for good or for bad. What's good about what you're saying as well is that you or with people that might have a little bit more experience and you can see people do their thing. Because, yeah, as a freelancer, you'll have to quote for things, but you're mainly like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> you don't really have any, you know, you're like, oh. But if you're working with someone that's got more, like, commercial experience, then you're learning a lot, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just a, it was a really nice, it was a really nice time. I was in that role for about five years. They did a lot of annual reports, but they did a lot of more creative annual reports. So they would take, a brand and extend its its look and feel um, because annual reports are kind of like a one-off thing almost in every capping the year. So sometimes they can be a little bit of a nice creative extension on a on a corporate brand. So you're able to incorporate illustrative elements or more interesting style treatments. And then that kind of developed into learning how to animate or I guess learning motion graphics If because I, I don't know. I could go as far to say that I can animate because I won't be making a Pixar movie anytime soon. But um, it was really cool to be able to teach teach myself a new skill in that way. And then a lot of the work that we ended up getting at that job and, and pitching for, I guess, was more animation work because we now had this new skill set of illustration and, and motion, which was cool. But yeah, after I'd been there for about five years, I just sort of thought we went through the pandemic and COVID and stuff here in Melbourne and that was a lot of inside time I thought I think I should try to do something else <laughs> just to see you know what else is out there I always worry about getting too comfortable in a role and not not even just in a specific role just sometimes you've been doing something for a while and you want to push yourself and just see what else is out there that you could do so I did that and I spent a year just trying out like I took sort of more short-term jobs so I didn't exactly freelance but I didn't take a like a locked in job I guess so I did um I went and worked as a motion designer for six months or just under six months and um I decided that I was like no this feels like acting siloed into doing that one little part of the job which I didn't really like and then I went and I decided I wanted to try out working in like a big advertising agency and I went and did that for six months. 
And yeah, that was really interesting because there was so so many creative people there all doing different things. But again, you really get put in your little like job and this is the one little portion that you do. And so you can see all this stuff going on around you, but you're still kind of just doing your one little thing. And it almost made me a little bit sad in a way. I was like, oh, but I want to be more collaborative and I want to, you know, yeah, work with more people on different projects. Yeah, and so it was after that that I got the role at, at Frankie because I think someone was someone was coming off maternity leave and they decided they didn't want to um, continue. They wanted to enjoy their lovely time with their new baby. So, yeah, I, I applied for that role. When I applied for that role, it was just a senior design role. Yeah, so I started off as a senior design role. It was, it was so cool to get this job because I'd been reading Frankie since I was maybe 12 or 13. And, um, yeah, I, I just remember calling my mom and saying, oh my God, I got a job at Frankie. And I was like, you're going to be able to buy the thing that I do in the supermarket. <laughs> and she was really excited. Um, and now even my dad reads Frankie sometimes, um, which is cute. He'll like call me and tell me about, he's like, oh, I really like this article. And, you know, what you've designed here for this. Like, oh, it's really nice. But I wouldn't have ever really pictured him doing that. So that's cool. But yeah, the, the role at Frankie is really interesting. The team's really small, which I've worked out is something that I like. And it's really fast moving because we put one magazine out every two months. And then when we have delivery issues, like the issue that you worked on, which is our feel good issue, um, that falls between two standard issues. So it's like three months of like issue every month. Plus we do like a diary and calendar product. And we often do like little special extras behind the scenes during the year as well. Plus we have a, um, what they call like a branded content of the Frankie business. So often we'll work with like different bigger clients and they have their own little design requirements and stuff. So there's lots of sort of bits and pieces that happen behind the scenes apart from just the magazine that I guess people might associate Frankie with. I guess when I went from senior designer to art director, I managed a, um, another designer as well so yeah stepping into the art director role allowed me to sort of help build her confidence and manage her into taking on a bit more um, design work as well which was really great and then we do a lot of photo shoots at Frankie as well before our for each of our issues and they're like featuring fashion products or homework products and that kind of stuff so being able to do a bit of styling work with all these amazing photographers and models and all these really, really creative people. I don't know, it was just something I never imagined I would be able to do in my day job. Plus, a big part of my role is organising all of the contributors or, well, like, all the visual contributors. Our editor does the written, obviously, the written <laughs> contributors. Yeah, all the editor picks, like, products or things. Yeah, I would say that the design team probably picks a lot of the products. Okay. Um, so, like, yeah, cool. especially the... Maybe I can ask you to yeah. get more UK things because you always have really cute Australian things. And I'm like, <laughs> I've got all of them. What am I going to do? No, I'm kidding. Actually, you do get a few, like, British things sometimes. There's lots of great illustrators in the UK. Yeah. But actually, that's, that was one of my questions. I've noticed that a lot of Australian designers and illustrators have a really strong sense of color and brightness and they usually have really colorful work which I love which I do think because I, I think I talked about it with Liv, Liv Lee on the podcast as well where we talked about that and how I think in the UK we have that as well but what's different is that you guys have the great weather and the great fauna and flora and we just have rain so we need that you know we're like trying to make ourselves feel better yeah. but yeah and I was thinking of that I mean, for sure, it influences you, and because I know you love color as well. And for me, Frankie is that, and that's where a lot of people discover illustrators and artists and makers for sure. So it must be so nice getting to discover new talent as well. So nice. Um, yeah, often we'll have a day, like a you know, maybe like a planning day, where you bring all these people that you found, and they're like, "Whoa, look at this! Look at how cool this is!" Um, yeah, we always try and put in work that we're all personally really excited about um yeah and and that brings us joy and that we think that the readers are going to like because it's you know it should be fun we're making this amazing beautiful magazine that people you know take time out of their day to enjoy and read um you know we're really trying to make 
something that they're going to love as much as we get excited about the stuff when we first see it, I guess. It's actually so awesome to see so, so much talent all the time. Yeah, I, I thought perhaps when I first stepped into the role, I would be really intimidated by, oh my gosh, there's all these amazingly talented creative people around me all the time. But it's kind of had the opposite effect where you just like, it is so cool to see so many people thriving and, and doing such an amazing job in their creative industries. And how everyone's take on it is kind of a little bit different and everyone's styles maybe a bit different and, or, you know, people gravitate towards each other because they have a love of colour or they like this, you know, a collage style. And I, I didn't think work could fill me with this much joy over that kind of stuff, which has been really nice. Yeah. And I guess you get to do a lot as well, which is so nice. And I think the thing is you still do so obviously you are director and like you say, you do the photo shoots, which is really different from then doing some lecturing and because you do love that as well. And I want to know, I know that's probably a really hard question, but like if you have to pick one, no, okay, I'm not going to make you pick one. But <laughs> is it is that something, yeah, you really thrive in doing a lot of different things? Or do you sometimes feel like, no, actually, I'd like to just illustrate. Well, actually, maybe I just want to art direct. Or do you really like doing all of it? I really like doing all of it. Yeah, <laughs> probably not the right answer. But sometimes I think that I'm one of those. I know that the other people have to be out there. I'm sure. I'm sure you've talked about this in some of your other podcasts. Where, as creative people, you're doing your, you know, commercial work or the work that you're kind of doing at the moment. You're always thinking like, oh, I could do, I could do this illustration, or, or this has made me think about this, or oh, maybe I could, you know, I've seen this thing about jewelry making. Like maybe I'd like to go do a course on jewelry, on jewelry making. Um, I think that's why I'm drawn to like the art director role because in a lot of the jobs that I had leading up to this, I was always like, oh, I can see this thing that person's doing over there and it looks really cool. But I want, I would, I would love to just like know about what they're doing or, you know, just be a little bit involved. Um, and yeah, I feel like in this role, I, it's the best of both worlds. Like I get to see these people with this amazing talent and use them and also like help direct them into piece of work that like fits into Frankie because you know often when we're using an illustrator they're already 95% of the way there like we're we're choosing we're not choosing someone to then totally change their their work or their style to go into our magazine um so yeah it's, it's just it's really nice this job has made me a lot better at writing a brief for for people to get yeah just it's just really helped me um, understand like what someone needs to do their best work which is interesting it's like a skill set that I I think that's maybe one of the biggest differences between like the senior designer role and the art director role for me is like how to give people the best tools to do a good like their best job yeah because I think if you've ever worked you know in a design studio or a bigger agency at some point you've been micromanaged and it's just like the worst thing in the world so so, you know, not not having to have other people go through that is something that I would like to aspire to. Yeah, and I guess it's pretty cool as well that you're getting to um to lead and teach in a way as well. Like you said, you've got a designer working with you and that's a skill that most freelancers don't have. So that's what's nice about being in a team as well. Um, it's funny, my mum, she's... It, she was a senior designer. I mean, she's a bit of everything as well, like an illustrator Ooh. designer and a freelancer for years. And for the past like five, six years, she's been in a company where she's kind of gone up to becoming our director slash. She's still designing loads of stuff, but she has to manage some people. And she was telling me how hard that was. And, and she loves it now, but it's such an adjustment of, yeah. you know, doing your thing, doing your design, and then having to tell people either. If, it's not even the what to do because she's really good at that. But the, yeah, like managing personalities and people and, and like you said, like getting the best out of people is pretty hard to do. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of, you know, learning and, and listening. But I think, yeah, I've learned a lot about how people are so different. And just because you you wouldn't do it that way, you have to kind of like learn to work how they would like to work, which I, you just honestly, I've never thought about until I had to manage someone. Yeah, just, making me think yeah. that I'd be I'd be really bad at it, and this is making me think about us moving in here, and 
I'd read the worst art director. No, I mean, I mean I'm just thinking about the <laughs> I don't think I like to I do. But I like to do things when I want to do things. So I'll be like, okay, we need to paint this pink. This is happening right yeah. now. And I don't really have the patience to be like, oh, you want to have a cup of tea? I don't want you to have a cup of tea. We need to do this now. <laughs> and, you know, like I was thinking the other day how yeah. I'd be such a bad boss because I'd be like, no time for poses, guys. We got to get this done. Um, and then I think, oh, no, actually, okay, I get it. Okay, go have your cup of tea. And, you know, it's really funny, but it's like freelancers have that mindset of like, you want to do something, you do the thing. And then a tea yeah. thing, it's like, no, actually, everybody's different and they might do it better once they've rested or once they, you know. But yeah, it's making me think about that. I'm sure, I mean, it's a learned thing. You learn it and you understand it. Yeah, you react it. a certain way and then they yell at you or they're like, stop telling me what to do. And you're like, oh, okay. Good drink your tea yeah. then. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's really cool though. And I wanted to know, because you said, so you said you read Frankie when you were a kid. But I know I've always had an obsession with magazines and I did, I don't know if you, yeah. you saw on Insta, it was a while ago, so probably not, but I did a magazine called Spellbound and I did two issues and it was more like a book reading. I went a bit crazy. Um, it was very beautiful. I it was so it. much work. So obviously I did everything yeah. on my own as well, but still it makes you realize how much goes into it. And my question wasn't even this, but this is where we're going now. Now, let's do my first question, which is, were you always right. obsessed with magazines? Like, did you always love them? Yeah, I've always loved, I've always loved printed stuff, magazine, books, um, anything you can, like, hold, posters, art prints, love it, love stuff. Stuff. Um, <laughs> stuff, extra stuff that doesn't fit in the shelf. Um, yeah. I like that dog uh, poster. Is it a Deschamps? Yeah. Where's that? Why are they? Yeah. Very cute. Yeah, it's a dash and um, it's what my actual dash and looks like, but Aww. she's asleep at the moment. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the also I forgot to say when I was studying, the place that I studied had a little letterpress college, not a college, but like a letterpress factory, I guess. Mm. Factories are loose terms, not like they produced anything in mass volume, but attached to it. And so, because very minor teeny tiny history lesson i'm sure a lot of people that listen to this probably know this but um you know everything used to be set using the letterpress like before obviously we were typing on the computer when they printed newspapers and books and stuff it was all done by hand so like someone would go in and typeset but when you typeset in a letterpress form it's back to front and upside down and you like have to adjust all the little letters so i used to take a couple of workshops like help out with these workshops doing that like outside of college kind of thing and um i always found that really fun because it's getting you off the computer you're making stuff with your hands using heaps of color yeah and then i ended up going on a really nerdy little type tour we went to saved up we went to italy we like went around and looked at all these old old type and old um like those really cool medieval like kind of manuscripts that they like handwritten all the type and um, all that kind of stuff and it's these beautiful illustrations like around the side and uh we finished off and we did a workshop with the guy called Alan Kitching. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from the UK. Yes. Um, yeah, actually, I have. Yeah. 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 So he took this, we did a three day letterpress workshop in this teeny tiny town in Italy at this old type museum. It was just very, very cool. My friend and I were the youngest by maybe I don't know, 30 or 40 years. <laughs> but um, it was, yeah. It was one of those once-in-a-lifetime things that at the time I wasn't sure if I could afford to do it and ended up scrounging around to do it. And I'm so glad I did because it was just – it was really cool. Sorry, that was a real segue. <laughs> no, it's super cool. And I know it was something I wanted to ask you about anyway, like where you're kind of – I was going to say obsession, but your love for typeface and letter forms and all of that comes from. But I guess it's – I don't know where it comes from. But, yeah, it explained where you, you went, Like I guess. It's pretty cool. I think yeah. it's really fascinating too. And, and we forget that computers and the way we print now is so – it's so new. I remember my – I keep on – I'm going to talk to you about my whole family tree, but my granddad was <laughs> a graphic designer. And so he was a graphic designer in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Wow. And he had to do everything by hand. But even my parents, because my dad has well, it's oh, my God. I'm showing my colors now. They're all designers. But um, my, yeah, even my parents, like I remember, and, and especially my granddad, they had to do everything by hand. And 
that trace everything and his handwriting was so good. It was like the Futura because he was he had to do it so often by hand yeah. that it you know, it was ah, oh, but yeah, it's crazy. We take it for granted now how easy it is, but it wasn't before. And it's really recent as well. I think they must be really happy the team that you're always experimenting and doing your own stuff because then they're probably like, Oh, we really like when you did this. Can you do this for Frankie too, please? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's uh it definitely develops your skills into yeah, because our team is so small and so much of Frankie is like myself and our the designer. Yeah. Plus obviously our different contributors. Yeah, you have to wear a lot of different hats and it's even though I might tend to want to do something in one style, I won't always do that because it's maybe not as relevant for the piece that I'm illustrating or or working on. So that's kind of interesting. I always think, you know, one day in, in the future it'd be nice to like have the controller when it's gonna happen, a bit of free time to um like develop what my illustrative style might look like because you know i look at your style and i'm like oh it's so beautiful so like i remember when you saw your stuff to feel good i, I could have cried i was so happy i could have cried i was like it's perfect no. <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't know i don't know i think uh style question is so interesting but when i look at stuff i used to do like even two or like three four five six years ago i'm like a cringe and I think it's a good sign that things you're evolving, but it's like you said, you know, that thing about trying not to be jealous of all the other or, or have these weird feelings when you see loads of talented people doing their thing and being like, we can all yep. exist, coexist and bring <laughs> our own thing. It's so interesting. But that is a big learning. I think sometimes when you're, I think what changed my mind about it was actually getting to talk to them. And because I think a lot of the time you see all these people online or you um, you know, see their work published and you're seeing everyone's, obviously you're seeing everyone's highlight real. I don't know. I've never met someone in doing all this stuff that's not absolutely lovely and doesn't feel the same a, yeah. about everyone else's work. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. something, I can't remember what I was talking to about this. Oh, something was having, like some, something, someone was having imposter syndrome and who was it? Oh my God, they were huge. It's going to come back to me, but I was like, if you're having imposter syndrome, then I don't understand. Who's the real illustrator? What is this about? Like, if the biggest yeah. person that you can think of is having imposter syndrome, then it just doesn't make sense. We're all having it, all feeling bad, all looking at each other's work and being like, oh. And then, like, yeah, like you said, it's probably the best thing that you get to talk to them and then they can tell you that they don't like what they're doing or they feel bad. And you're like, yes, oh, I feel better now. <laughs> Yeah, it, um, I also like that I get to be like, oh, this is, don't hate this, like, this is great, like, you know, we all did and we really liked it, and we're going to, we're basically going to use it exactly as is, with maybe like a minor tweak, so it's, I actually really enjoy that part where you're like, don't touch yourself in your head about it, like, yeah, I don't know, it's just a side of, yeah, it's like you're saying, it's comforting, because you're like, oh, someone else is thinking these thoughts, but then it's really easy to tell them, oh, don't don't think that like this is really cool but you know you'd never just as easily give yourself that advice you'd be like oh i'm different you know, i can't i can't take that advice yeah. and also i feel like it also helps us progress in a way and i'm not saying i want us to suffer and feel bad and not like what we're doing but having a little yeah. bit of that keeps us on our toes and being like because i always say i know we'll never have coaching sessions and we talk about this i'm like when you really love something like you see someone else you know publish something and you're like oh my god this is amazing then just step back and analyze why and is it why do you love so much about yeah. it and is there anything you can take not copy but you'd be like oh maybe they use yeah. really bright colors and i love that okay is that something you know sometimes we don't do that reflection like that you know we don't think yeah. about it We're just like oh i'm so jealous this yeah. is amazing i'm crap i'm just gonna go to sleep forever and not do anything <laughs> but maybe yeah. just change something in our own work and stuff but i don't think we'll progress if we ever feel completely content anyway which is a weird thing oh for sure no i agree i feel like creative creative people always are so critical of themselves and and their work i don't know why we're, we're so like that but i definitely think it yeah definitely pushes me to get better because you see something and then you see where you would want to be or like do you ever find i talk to some of my friends about this sometimes like think oh I'll do this you know i'll try pottery i'll do this like lovely relaxing creative activity and you do it and you're like oh, i'm so bad at this and it's almost off-putting the first time to be so bad at something but yeah. then you're like no I was bad at what I do now when I first started so it's okay I have that thing of like I need to be amazing 
anything I start for the first time, otherwise it's not for me. Like, it's so funny, actually. Yeah. Where was it? Actually, coming back to when we moved, I had to paint. So Mike, I'd never really done any painting in a house before. And I remember Mike said, okay, go paint the the cabinets in the kitchen. Like, I mean, I wanted to paint them. And he's like, okay, I, he has the tools, just do it. But he didn't really tell me things that might be obvious to him because he's got a little bit more experience of like, you know, be careful because it might drip. I know this is going to make me sound like a crazy, but most people know this. But I didn't, I'm like, ah, I'm going to paint. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to paint. And then I remember he came to us like, he was like, oh, it's dripping there, there, and there. And I was like, oh, I'm bad at this anyway. I'm, I'm just going to do my job. This is not, you know, I get really like, if I'm yeah. not doing it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it. So it's a shame yeah. because like you said, we all start bad. I'm really bad at poetry yeah. then. No, I'm not. I'm not giving it more goes because I'm so crap. And it's really depressing because you want it to look great and it looks easy. Yeah. And then you do it yeah. and you're like, what is this? I can't even do a small prop. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I know. Like, I just want to make something cute for my house. Yeah, and I <laughs> and you're like, it's all walking yeah. and it's horrible. I know. And you're like, why can't I use my hands to do this? Why is it not working? Like my hands yeah. aren't working. Anyway, I do feel like you have that probably even more than I do because you meet so many talented makers as well. But I've embraced just celebrating yeah, makers that I love. And even for here, I'm like, I'm going to, I've already started like buy art from all my favorite illustrators. And, you know, I'm like, it's it's fine. Like, I don't have to be the best at everything. Yeah. I can embrace everybody, you know, everybody's talent. Yeah. I'll be oh. a good potter. It's yeah. fine. Um, it's yeah. a good time. There's plenty of people that make stuff that you can buy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I know how you feel. I'm always buying stuff from from people that contribute to the to the Mac because yeah, was they'll, they'll do something. I'm like, it must oh, be it's really cute. It's it's actually I've had to really give myself a limit this year because our play was getting out of hand, especially when say for example like i'll style a lot of our photo shoots so like I'm just, essentially i'm doing a lot of online shopping right before the yeah. <laughs> before the shoot oh, that, that'd be really nice like, I could, that might look nice for summer or oh, that's a lovely coat like, <laughs> i really have to stop myself otherwise but where do they go if you obviously you have to get them for the shoot do you send them back or do you yeah yeah, yeah we just borrow them like a lot of companies do that they yeah I'll lend you a product for a shoot and then you return it. Yeah, I guess it's advertising for them. Yeah. You'll be like, oh no, I got lost. If you ever didn't want to return yeah. it, <laughs> I'll, I know, I'll take it off your hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Really sorry. The hats yeah. keep on not, I don't know, they just get lost. It's like socks and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd be so tempted. To, I mean, I'm the same. Whenever I look at Frankie, I'm like, I want this and this and this and this. And now that I have a house, I can buy stuff. Even more. You've got the room. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually about how you pick collaborators. So we, we do have a set of parameters. Like I've, I actually spoke to Ink Goodness Collective. They did an editorial illustration like masterclass earlier in the year. And I was one of their judges and gave a little talk to the people that were doing their course. That was really interesting because you just sort of step them through the process of basically your question. And they all had that same question, like why? Like how do you choose your contributor? Like how how can I be a contributor? And why do I never get an email reply? And you know that kind of stuff, which all all very valid. But you know I'm just one person. <laughs> Start off with that, and most people that you're probably emailing, uh, it's like just one or two people like monitoring this inbox that's getting hundreds to thousands of emails a day. And like we have parameters of of what can go in the magazine, and we also have like certain articles that we run or features that require illustration. Like obviously we have budget you know it's also my job to consider that so it's like oh we can only we can only like i have to be really upfront i'm like we'd love you to do this but we can only pay you this much and then it's kind of up to you whether that's palatable or not like for frankie for example we love anything that's got like a little bit of a handmade quality we're an australian publication so we're always going to favor australian artists or we try to really champion australian artists like it's not that we don't use artists from the uk or artists from all over the world but um yeah we always try to to use all the artists where we can um but i also think that we also love to champion up-and-coming artists as well because part of our brand ethos a little bit like it's something we've always done also, now there's just so many good people and there's only so many illustration slots per issue. You know, if you, if you really like sat down and looked at a Frankie, there's the cover, which has its whole own set of like constraints that we have to deal with that are often 
they're not out of our hands, but, you know, we have to go through all these rounds of approval and we have to make sure that it looks good on the shelf and it's going to sell and that it's not too similar to something we just did or it's not too similar to something that's coming up. So there's all this kind of like pre-planning, behind-the-scenes thinking is probably not immediately obvious. And then, yeah, when you look at the slots to fill inside the magazine, there's maybe three or four, you know, per issue and they, then they always vary. So there's actually not that many places to fill versus all of the amazing people we'd like to feature. <laughs> so. It's hard picking contributors, I think, because also you, you want to give as many people a go as you can. But then there's other factors, I think, when, you know, when you're working with a new person for the first time, you have to make sure you have enough time to give them like an extra round of feedback if you need to give them an extra round of feedback because print deadlines are immovable. Like I, I think nowadays, like with digital deadlines or, or, um, more online kind of illustration or any kind of work the lead times can be shorter and the delivery dates can like move a little bit, you know, things go, things go wrong and life happens and all that kind of stuff. But with print, like if we miss that deadline, like we have to replace it with something. We can't just be like, Oh yeah, you can, you can give that to us. Like that's fine. There's just all these little factors that we're always like trying to consider and trying to manage. And that's like a big part of my job to make sure everyone delivers their stuff on time and everything's, you know, high quality and um, fits the brief and, all that kind of stuff. So it can be a little bit stressful, sort of like managing all that kind of stuff. Um, it's not like the most glamorous side of, of, of doing it. But I think I always sort of say, like, don't be disheartened if you're not chosen because 99% of the time there's so many other factors. It's not like your illustration's bad. It's basically never your illustration's bad. It's just not the right time for us. That was a little long-winded answer, but no, it makes sense. And I think what I always tell people as well is I'd like you to maybe confirm or deny this, but. Yeah. Even if you don't get an answer, do you sometimes save the e- like the person? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. I've got a whole tab folder of yeah. Yeah. That might not work for now, but you're like, oh, this yeah. is cool. I just don't know what to do with yeah. it right now. Yeah. Because that's a huge yeah. thing that people. And in between get. issues, yeah. Yeah. I always go back and be like, okay, who who have I put in this folder? Like, what can we use them for? You know, I've got people in there that I've had in there for over six months that I'm like, mm-hmm. you're still in there because when this one thing comes up and I know it's going to come up eventually, <laughs> I'll, I'll go back. Yeah, so it is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole process. And I always say, like, don't be afraid to double email either. Uh, like, if you've got new work in your portfolio, like, you know, maybe don't email me twice in the one week. But, <laughs> like, you know, if you emailed a few months ago and then you've got new work in your portfolio, like, it's okay to email again. It's not just email. No one's going to be offended. That's, yeah. That's why I did. I was quite surprised yeah. that you answered so quickly as well. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> But I think that there comes a time in an illustrator's life where you're like, I don't give a damn. I'm just going to email. Yeah. And yeah. who cares? Like, just forget about it. I would say email and then forget about it. And then maybe you'll be, if you don't try to get out there in some way, nothing really happens. Yeah. Also, it's a timing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. you know, your email came at such a perfect time yeah. that I was like, oh. There you go. And at that point, yeah, sometimes you, but that's the thing, like you might, you as the illustrators can't know like the what the first time, time is yeah, for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I'm like, oh, when the moon's the line at this time of the month, email me then. Like, because it's different all the time. But yeah, yeah, I think the the lesson is to just reach out and keep showing your work, I guess, because you're also on Insta, you're yeah. probably everywhere anyway. You're yeah. always kind of. Um, always looking. Yeah, always, always looking lurking in the background oh i'm definitely lurking i'm more of a lurker than a than a <laughs> than a looker yeah i'm always looking on social media for different stuff it's um yeah it's like a blessing and a curse sometimes you're like oh you be on holiday and you're like, oh, this, yeah this, this never so not cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, there's worse things i could be doing than looking at beautiful illustrations but, yeah. yeah beautiful products and stuff i was gonna ask you about yeah is there something you've been not necessarily struggling with, but that you find you find quite hard to do, or that gives you a lot of stress. I think it's what you kind of said, and, and, and what we've touched on a little bit about juggling all of the. I like have a love hate relationship with it because I I love being able to to do all of those things. I love being able to manage people. I love being able to like make everything look perfect. I love being able to you know do the photo shoot, choose the illustrators. You know when you list it out, you're like oh. 
they're all amazing things, but they all require like a little different part of your brain. And even if maybe you don't feel like using that part today, you still have to use it. So sometimes I have to remember just to like take a breath, focus on the the thing that you have to do most importantly right now. Yeah, I think when I first stepped into this role, I I really struggled to work out what was the most important because I'm like, well, everything's important. (laughs) So really learning to prioritize, you know, like what needs to be done first. So like, you know, looking after people is is actually the most important, you know, because people aren't expendable. They're not, they've got feelings and brains and, you know, other stuff going on in their lives. So yeah, just change the way that I think about a lot, like including, you know, looking after myself. Yeah. Learning to just like make a giant list, work out like what can be done today. This sounds, this sounds so basic. It's just like how to go to work 101. But it took me a really long time to, um, I guess, get into a good rhythm of how that works not just for me but like all the people around me yeah and I feel like that's stuff that people don't teach you in uni or like you don't maybe you're not ready to learn it maybe they are teaching you and you don't realize but it's you know work's not like uni or it's not like it's not this magical kind of place where things always go right or where there's like a defined end result that gets you an A or anything like that there's all these little things that can happen and it, you just have to work out how to navigate it um yeah I feel like I always I'm always struggling with that kind of stuff like when when to like things and where you're like this is it's not perfect but it's like it's good it's good and it's it can go like as it is because I think otherwise you could you could fiddle with something for forever I don't know what did that make sense yeah it did and you mentioned something yeah. like, have you had any kind of horror stories with Frankie in terms of publishing, like last minute scaries and stuff? We haven't really had any horror stories in my time, but I think, um, oh, like the only thing I can really think of is every now and then a deadline will get forgotten. Which, how, how you ask? Good question. But just, you know, there's so much stuff going on that you just, you just forget and things it's not like you forget and it, it goes by but someone will remind you you know maybe the day before or or something like that and there's this big scramble to be like oh god we have to drop everything to focus on this one specific thing and then that kind of creates this chain reaction of derailing everything else i know that that's not really a horror story but it can really throw off the the balance of stuff and how you're planning to do things because you might you might have had all the stuff pre-planned and you're like oh well no we actually have to use this for this thing that we nearly missed so it's like you have to do all the the work again i think frankie's a pretty a pretty well-oiled machine you know it's had a lot of she's nearly been going for 20 years which is kind of crazy when you think about the fact that it's a print magazine um so like that we do have a lot of good processes in place and I would say in general I'm quite an organised person, so I've got a lot of calendars and a lot of lists and a lot of yeah. That's it's the, it's the unsexy side of being a an art director. It's forty percent visual, sixty percent planning. I think planning is sexy. It's great. Yeah. It's really <laughs> awesome. yeah. 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 But it's funny you mentioned yeah. the uh, the print and the fact that it's been going on for twenty years because a lot of magazines have have died. And there's been obviously this not not as much recently because there was a big switch from having more qualitative magazines and this idea of print not being dead just changing quite a lot and becoming you know like you said people buy Frankie and they have a moment with it and they spend time reading it and it's like people don't have that much time anymore to do that a lot of people don't read books anymore a lot of people don't read anything but their phones I guess but have you also I guess I know you've been with Frankie only for a few years but yeah how did you feel about this when you came in the role and how did you you know envision making sure that you could continue thriving yeah. I guess I was definitely I remember when I took the role I, I, I was worried I thought oh is this the right thing to do like career-wise because I was like oh it's pretty but then on the flip side I was like this might be the last chance I ever get <laughs> to work on I think that literally gets printed and goes into supermarkets and newsagents and, like, people can buy all over the world. Even saying that out loud, I'm like, man, that's so cool. <laughs> like, it's, um, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous because I was like, well, there, 
ult- not that it's anytime soon, just caveat that, but like ultimately in the future, there will be an end date. Paper will rise, shipping will rise. Like even this year, there's been heaps of magazines that I follow online. Well, like obviously I get the magazine, but you know, like I, I follow their accounts and stuff online and they're all saying, you know, like cost of shipping's gone up, which is true. Cost of paper's gone up. Like we just can't afford to to print this anymore so we're going to have to close um and it, it's kind of heartbreaking because it, it is the reality of creating a physical product and the cost of living going up because all of these all these things you know even for, thank you like our the paper stock that we use we used to have the beautiful uncoated paper stock and um we've had to switch to like a slightly matte like shinier stock because our paper mill in australia is shut down and we're trying to find a viable sustainable option that's more local and it's like all these factors which people just see like oh how, how could you change your paper and you're like oh, well we don't want to change our paper it's just like and we're working really hard to get back on the on the paper that you know you associate with us but it's like some of that stuff's out of our hands um because like it's not our business that's that's gone out of like production it's the business that we used Okay, I wanted to ask you, what do you really want to be doing the next coming kind of month and years? Yeah, hmm. I would love to illustrate more and make more art, I guess, you know, for my for myself. I think the longer that I've worked, the more I realise that I don't make time for that anymore. And that's probably the whole reason that I got into working in this industry in the first place is because I was always doing that as a kid. I was always... Um, you're making something or crafting something you're thinking i don't know in 3d if that makes sense like you're creating out of stuff that's that's there in front of you and something really satisfying i find that really satisfying and like very joyful like brings the fun back into it yeah sometimes when i sit at the computer too long i'm like oh it's work but yeah that's i like that joyful more more joy i think is, is my my general goal because I think, yeah, we all have these really creative jobs. And I don't want to generalize because I can't speak for every creative person, but I don't think that you get into this job because you think, like, I love designing annual reports for corporate companies. You're like, I love how things look and I love fitting things into place and I love, you know, thinking creatively, which is, is why you kind of end up in these these creative roles. And then they can lose a little bit of their sparkle, I think, when you're doing it all the time. So I really want to, yeah bring back some of the joy of creating that's my that's my main goal for like end of the year to start of next year i hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode please let us know what you think on mimi's instagram or email us if you have any questions also, make sure to check out our community on MimiForCreatives.com and listen to previous episodes of the podcast. Reach out if you've been to a coaching session with me and have a look on the website for resources, tips, and tricks. Now, have a wonderful day and I'll see you soon. Bye.